Hey, hey, it's just after 5 o'clock on a Friday. What do you think? Yes, sir. It's also time to check in with our friends from Believer's Fellowship and Ask the Preacher. Ask the Preacher brought to you by Believer's Fellowship Church. Ask the Preacher with your host, John Free. Well, it's good to be back in the studio with you today. Uh, last week, we had a substitute hired from the from the trenches of, of the world. We found him somewhere. Uh, everybody welcome George Locke <laughs> back yes, into the yes. studio. <laughs> it's great to be back. Thanks for having me, and welcome to the program, all you beautiful people out there in Radioland. Hey, just a reminder to you listeners, this is Ask the Preacher, and you can go to askthepreacher.com. You can join in on the conversation by submitting questions there. You can check out the phone number to call in, and you can check out previous episodes, which might be uh, pertinent in regards to today's conversation. But uh, if you want to call in and share your comments today or ask a question that's either on topic or off topic, anything you want, the phone number is 863-682-1430. That's 863-682-1430. And John... Uh, you were out last week. Yeah. Slacker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was up north in freezing cold country uh, up in New York, and uh, we got down to, I think the lowest was negative five, but spending a week yeah. with my son, we went snow skiing, an absolutely fantastic time. Awesome. And, uh, but I'm, I'm glad to be back home. Uh, you covered some amazing stuff while I was gone uh, last week, and uh, that is our intention to uh, review and, and kind of continue yeah. uh, today with that. Yeah, and... Um, if you did not listen last week, I encourage you to go to askthepreacher.com and check out uh, last week's episode, especially if you're a nerd and you like to know about <laughs> the end times. You know, everybody, uh, even people who wouldn't necessarily profess themselves to be Christians or any kind of Bible believer, everybody's like, yeah, you know, Revelation's being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. And, you know, is this the end of the world? And everybody has a sense that something big is on the horizon and something big is is happening. So last week we started the conversation um, talking about a warning from Paul from Second Thessalonians, and in his letter to this church, he writes that look concerning Jesus's return and the coming back of Jesus and our gathering together. Uh, this is Second Thessalonians four. He says that day is not going to happen. So Jesus returning and us being gathered to him. Unless two things first happen. The first is there's going to be this great falling away. And the second is the Antichrist, this uh, son of perdition, will be revealed. And so everybody likes to focus on, on the second one. You know, people talk about the mark of the beast and the Antichrist. And even in Hollywood movies, that's a, a big topic. And, you know, you forget the first warning was this falling away, this apostasy that was going to take place. And so if you can... Um, focus on that first warning, if you can identify specifically what that is, then you'll know much better the time frame for when the second warning, the Antichrist, is, is going to happen. And, yeah. and then naturally the progression from that is Christ returning and us who uh, are part of his kingdom being gathered unto him. And so we were looking at uh, this falling away and what could it be? I mean, there's always been bad people in the world. There's always been uh, tragedy and atrocities and mistakes and, and all kinds of stuff, political upheaval, and, and all these things have always been here since the fall of Adam. 
but there's a specific falling away. And so we talked about this book of Jude, which is the smallest book in the New Testament and possibly the most overlooked book in the New Testament and maybe the whole Bible uh, because it is so tiny. But it, I, I don't think it's coincidence that Jude is positioned directly in front of the book of Revelation. Yeah, he's he's literally dealing uh, with the the problem that people would have right before the time of the end. Yep. Now, I, I want to back up just a little bit sure. uh, on you there, George, and, and I wasn't here last week, so I didn't hear all of the conversation. as too far away to be able to listen live. Um, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of people will will lose, I don't want to say they lose hope in the end, but people do lose hope. Some people never had hope in, say, the return of, of Jesus Christ. They never had hope yeah. in eternal salvation. They never had hope in any kind of life after death. Um, and so because they didn't have those things, they literally have lost any hope uh, for, for standing firm in, in this day and age. Um, yeah. And not just they lose hope for standing firm, but they have nothing to stand firm on. So therefore, they had no foundation to ever have any hope. Um, and so when, when talking about these things, I always find it important to, uh, to, 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 just, to just mention people, mention to people, um, regardless of the tick-tock, tick-tock of time, regardless of the calendar, whether there's a month left, 10 years left, or a thousand years left, uh, we are still in the last, we are in the last days. Yeah. Um, so somebody say, yeah, well, I've, I've heard it said before, you know, mm-hmm. back in 1989, they said that Jesus was in 2000. They said, you know, that everything was going to end and it was all going to be over. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're here for another day or whether we're here for another century or, or, or millennia. Um, it, the time is getting closer and closer. And these, these things that, um, that Paul wrote about in Thessalonians, and even in Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians chapter two, this great falling away, um, is we should not look at that as saying is great falling away is going to happen in this three day time period. No, it, mm-hmm. it, it may happen over a hundred years, over a thousand. What difference does it make in the sense of Chronos time? Um, we are in the days of the end, and we are seeing these things, like you said unfold in front of us. And, the, and so the question is, where do we position ourselves? Are we standing firm on and on what? Yeah. And when the Son of Man returns, will, will he find faithfulness or will he find people that have fallen away? Yeah, and that's a, a great point. And, and uh, it's in part why I wanted to kind of use the book of Jude as our blueprint to figure out what this uh, apostasy is going to be. Because uh, we talked about this last week, Jude being the brother of James. James's uh, writing was about uh, good works, and, and salvation is evident by good works. And so his brother, Jude, is kind of writing uh, how th- the opposite is true. This apostasy, this giving up of the faith mm-hmm. will lead um, to a loss of salvation, I think, because uh, he tells us right in the first part of Jude, and again, Jude is only one chapter, uh, but he tells us in verse 3 that we have to contend for the faith, and the whole purpose of this book is to help us identify what the specific apostasies are, the specific errors that we could potentially fall into if we're not vigilant and we're not contending for the faith. And then he goes on in the, the last half of this book, or 
this chapter, he, he's giving us uh, encouragement how to remain faithful. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today and, and how we're going to um, remain faithful and, and stick to our, our uh, prayer of praise that he gives us in this. But I think it's a great point because, you know, end times is, is a neat thing to study, but the reality is no man is guaranteed tomorrow. I mean, yeah, that's true. Your, he, your end could be today. The, the world might end reasons. in a week, but yeah, your world could end yeah. today, you know? Yeah. So uh, if you're not right with God, if you've not received his nature through repentance and believing what Jesus did on the cross, that's the, that's the place to start, man. Cause uh, you don't need to worry about apostasy if you're not first saved. And we talked about this last week and, and we really discussed why contending for the faith is important. I've mentioned this before on the program. I've entered into marriage with my wife on one day. Our wedding day, we entered into marriage. We mm -hmm. became a husband and a wife. But I now have to remain married to her through both my commitment and my actions. And that's really what Jude is uh, yeah, through, through the thick telling and the us thin. to do is, is uh, stick with the relationship and avoid running around and running out. And uh, yeah. gosh, we, we could probably do a whole five segments of that on Ask the Preacher. Well, and, 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 and the relationship uh, with it to marriage is is a fantastic one because it is the closest thing that could be related to our relationship with Christ. Um, you know, we're the, we're the bride of Christ and and to be to be married to him is uh, the, the the greatest significance of analogy um, because it it constitutes a demand of faithfulness from both parties. And so if uh, if you are espoused to somebody, the expectation of faithfulness is there, even though you're not married yet, yeah. uh, kind of thing. And so that that is the great picture. Uh, and Paul said it that way too. He said, "I know I speak a great mystery, but I really speak concerning Christ." in his church, and he related it to marriage. Uh, George will pick up the conversation in about two and a half minutes when we, when we return from this break. Uh, folks, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. To join the conversation, dial 863-682-1430 or go to askthepreacher.com. We'll be back in a couple minutes. You know, you can't start the weekend until you ask the preacher. Ask the Preacher, coming your way every Friday, 5 o'clock to 6, brought to you by Believer's Fellowship. Here's John and George. Yeah, it's good to be back with you. Um, hey, before we get back into our conversation, which is uh, absolutely incredible, talking about end-time events, but uh, more importantly than that, talking about us, uh, our, oh, faithfulness to the Lord. Yeah. Being able to 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 make it through, I, I guess the reality. Well, here I'm diving into the conversation. Um, the reality is, um, as much as as uh, I would like to say things are going to get better, uh, things are going to get sweet and nice and cushy. Um, th that's just not true. Um, there may be moments of that. Uh, we'll go through seasons, so to speak. But um, but the times of the end try men's souls. The times of the end try men's souls. And so um, I guess kind of what we're talking about is um, what we're made of, what he's made of, and how those two elements uh, relate to each other. Um, hey, before we, we fully dive back into the conversation, though, I want to invite you to join us at Believers Fellowship Church. Uh, an easy way to join us, if you would just want to check us out through, through a window, 
Um, you can uh, visit our website, believersfellowship.com. You can watch services live and archived services there. We're making some changes there coming up soon. But um, you, you can kind of visit us a time or two. Uh, before you ever show up in person. But let me tell you, in person is better. So if you can actually hear us right now, you are within easy driving distance of Believer's Fellowship Church. So you look, you can just Google us, find out how to get there. Um, but believersfellowship.com is the website. Now, right now, on, on Sunday mornings, I've begun a new series. Um, it's called Heart Flow is the title, but the, the, the purpose of it is in talking about the direction of God's affection. Talking about his love, his mercy, his grace, the the intent of God's heart, um, who he really is, and what he really desires, and how he prefers to behave. Now, those might seem like interesting terms, um, but if you are interested, you'll have to come and find out. And then on Wednesday nights right now, uh, I've just begun this past Wednesday night, began a, a, a series called Strong Mind. Strong mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a strong mind. But specifically, what I'm talking about is the development of the brain using the Word of God. Um, it has it has come to my attention that um, mental instability, psychological problems and issues, um, even even pushing things to the point of a suicide rates in America and even across the world, are 300 percent increased in the last couple years. Uh, wow. What is going on there, and um, and and what is happening, um, even in our physical brains? And then on top of that, um, you know, older people um, with uh, Alzheimer's and, and and all sorts of other mental issues, and that's big or small. Um, the reality is, God's word is health to our flesh. And your brain, your tissue brain, is part of your flesh. God's Word can can help rebuild your brain. So those are the two series. I'd like to invite you to come and uh, be ministered to by God's Word and the, the family of God at Believer's Fellowship. All right, George, um, you uh, you finished up somewhere around Jude uh, chapter 1, only one chapter, but Jude verse 3, uh, I think is where you where you left off. But I'll, I'll toss it back to you and, and uh, keep keep rolling. Well, uh, just kind of as a quick recap, so this this apostasy that uh, this this error that's going to creep in in these last days, we we talked about Jude is such a cool book, man. There is so much in Jude that's alluded to that you don't get anywhere else in the Bible. All kinds of stories we talked about in Jude. It mentions you know the the devil fighting over the body of yeah. Moses. Are fighting for the body of Moses with Michael the Archangel, and it's yeah. like oh, that's weird. And and then it mentions these three apostates from the Old Testament. And l- let me tell you this: if you love Jesus, if you love studying the New Testament, you got to get into the Old. It's not done yeah, away yeah, with. It is not. Sure. It is not something that you know just Jesus crucified on the cross and now it's done away. Now you can you, throw you, away the old book. Yeah, no. you, you can't really understand the new unless you understand the old, and right. the old is amazing. And and so we get this example of Cain, and Balaam, and Korah, and Jude, the half brother of Jesus, is using these three examples as an apostate to describe to us what this apostasy, this this error, this false gospel is going to be in the last days. And we, we touched briefly, uh, we're going to touch briefly on it now. We went a little bit more in depth last week, but, you know, Cain's problem was not that he denied God's existence. It's that he didn't allow God's means of salvation to be sufficient. As where God required blood and a certain type of sacrifice, 
Cain wanted to bring his own on his terms. And then we looked at Balaam, and Balaam's problem is he was a prophet for hire, and and he was uh, essentially trying to, uh, to to use it in modern day terms without rehashing the entire story, uh, trying to sell God and, and trying to uh, make a profit off of God, money profit off of God. And and boy, do we see that nowadays and <laughs> in a lot of places and on TV and, and whatnot. Um, and, and then Korah was a rejection of God's established authority and, and it was a rejection of God's hierarchy and how God uh, does things in decency and in order. And before those three examples, we see three verses dedicated to the angels mm -hmm. chasing strange flesh and how Sodom and Gomorrah is attached to that. And so uh, probably the biggest sign of this apostasy, this false uh, teachings that's going to creep in is sexual immorality, immorality. And, and not just being like, accepted. Right. And, and not just like, look, I'm, I'm not downplaying something like fornication, but it is human biological nature for a man to desire a woman mm -hmm. that uh, that temptation is there from puberty. And, and, you know, it's part of how God allows us to uh, have desire for our spouse and yeah, as he commands in Genesis, those, to, those to desires the earth. They're, they're God created. Right. Otherwise, Adam and Eve would have had no attraction towards each other. Right. And, and, and they were put there to, to love each other, and the two yeah. shall be joined to each other and become one flesh. So without the desire, they would not uh, join. Yeah, and, and sexual so, desire is a good thing to have yeah, when, when used rightly. When it's in the, the right direction yep. and in the right context, but, for sure. And so this sexual immorality to be... Just real specific uh, is homosexuality and extended beyond that as well, bestiality and a variety of other things. Um, and you you see that enumerated here in in these in these scriptures. And you know what's really interesting? I want to. This is a, a little off topic, but we're going to dive in on on this. Uh, so they chased right. We're looking at Jude, and it talks about the angels who left their heavenly states, their habitats. And that is, uh, uh, that is verse starting in, uh, verse six. And, there were, and so he's talking about how they left their heavenly states. And, and that's alluded to here in Jude and can really be found in Genesis chapter six. And it talks about this and it's why God sent the flood. And, you know, what's really interesting in, in Noah's story, it says two things about Noah, that one, uh, he was a, righteous man. He was a good man, but he was also perfect in his genealogy, his generations. And uh, so the reason why God... Clean flesh. Yeah. The reason why God uh, had to send the flood and, and destroy all flesh, Genesis 6 mentions it, all flesh on earth was corrupt. It was all, it was all uh, messed up and skewed. And when you look, this is not in the Bible, this is history and is found in uh, extra-biblical, mm -hmm. biblically-endorsed, synchronized texts, meaning historical documents that link up and, and match what the Bible says. But you they're have, not canonized, right, they're so not to canonized. speak, but the Bible literally references these these. Sure, writers. sure. And so some of these are, are or like— borrows from them on many yeah, occasions. Quotes from them. So some of these are like the Book of Enoch, but you also have yeah. what would be considered secular books that talk about how these angels, these 
gods uh, came down. And again, these are false gods. They are not Yahweh. There's only one uncreated God who made all things, and that is Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But what happened when these angels made it with women is they became uh, both gendered. They became ambiguous in their gender. And you see that throughout history of these gods. They not only promote sexual immorality, but the next stage is becoming both genders. You even see it in, many people are familiar with things like the Baphomet. It's that goat god thing mm -hmm. that has one hand pointing up and one hand pointing down. Well, it's both gendered. And you can tell by looking at the torso of that false god. And so it's not just sexual immorality in terms of fornication or even homosexuality. It's or this, the misuse of sexual or, desires. Or, or the misuse of sexual desires. Uh, those are bad. And they are... They're a beginning. They, they are a They're travesty a to a society. Yeah. But where it leads to, the pinnacle of it is transgenderism. It yeah. is getting rid of male and female and just making it all ambiguous. And that's really... It's really scary when you think about that, considering that God wiped the earth clean way back then and where we are now in our society. That is one of the biggest signs of the apostasy, the yeah. falling away, how we are now not just introducing it here in America, but we're forcing it onto the rest of the world. Oh, and we're going to talk yeah. about how we can handle all of this and have some answers for all this when we come back from this break. Just a reminder, you're listening to Ask the Preacher. You can call in, join in on the conversation, ask your question, 863-682-1430. Hang in there. We'll be back just yeah, it's in good a few stuff, moments. George. It's good stuff. And let's get into the second half of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher, your chance to have Bible questions answered. It's brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church, and your host is John Freed. And oh. I'm glad to be here. I thought I was going to get an introduction. <laughs> My name's George, in case you guys are listening. Not that that's important, but welcome back to the program. Hey, just a reminder, you too can be named on air and join in on the conversation. But you'd calling. have to call. You, you do. 863-682-1430. You can ask a question, share a comment that's either on topic or off topic. We're cool for both. But we're going to continue the conversation in Jude and talking about this great falling away that was yeah. warned about by the Apostle Paul. I, I, I want to go back um, somewhere in, entirely different for, for just a moment, all the way back to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is that book that everybody remembers. There is a time for everything. There's a time for war. There's a time for love. There's, there is a season, turn, turn, turn. That's the, was it Clearwater Creedence? No, I think it was the birds. The birds. Oh, thank you, How, Eric. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Was that, were you going to say yeah, that too? I said the George? birds. Okay, yeah. the birds. Eh, it's for the birds. Uh, anyway, yeah. so, but in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, Chapter 8, verse 11, it says, it says this, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed quickly, the heart of the sons of men is fully set to do evil. Now, let me explain that uh, slightly different. Give, give to us in modern layman's terms. Because you don't get punished quickly when you misbehave or when you do what is wrong, you settle in to continue to do what is wrong, thinking you're getting away with it. Mm. All right? And so I find that it's like Ecclesiastes is uh, the, the, the preacher saying, what is the meaning of life? 
And so he looks at all of these things, vanity, vanity, all, all this kind of stuff in, in Ecclesiastes. And when he gets to this Ecclesiastes chapter 8, he's talking about the hearts of men. And he's saying because they don't get quickly disciplined, they just think they're getting away with something. And it's like, eh, you know, I, I, I'm not getting in trouble for, for living this way, so I'm just going to continue in it. Um, to some degree, that is the warning that is coming out from Jude here. And he's saying, hey, look. We, we have example from times of the past. We have example, and, and you did a great job of bringing this out. We have example from the heavenlies, which was before man existed. We have the, ex- we have the examples of early mankind on the earth. We have the examples after God executed judgment to some of those and a period of time goes by and God gives his grace and mercy even if under the law, and I don't have time to really talk about where you find grace under the law, but uh, with with uh, with the sons of of, of Korah, uh, who who are now um, you know again misbehaving. You talked about Israel um, building the golden calf and worshiping other gods and all that. That was in last, last last week. week yeah. Um, and, and so all of those types of things, and 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 Jude is saying, hey guys, learn from what has happened with the the graces and the mercies of God, and when those things come to an end, and he does, in fact, exercise his judgment. Um, This fits so well with what I'm preaching on on Sunday mornings with heart flow, uh, because the heart of God is to extend mercy. That's that's his desire. That's what he wants to do. I I think I'll get into this on on this Sunday. There's kind of this... um, what God really wants to do, and then sometimes what He has to do. And mm-hmm. I don't really want to do this. It really it doesn't make me happy to do this, but I know I must do this. Uh, and what is that must? That must is the judgment. So right now, here we are in this, we could say, this dispensation of grace, this time of grace, to where God's not going around just beating everybody up for their wrongdoing. And, and when you do what is wrong, um, he didn't come and slap you and 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 uh, and you know curse you and 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 you know whatever that kind of thing. You're able to continue in this wrongdoing, but we had these these wise men that that really saw the heart of God and say, "Hey, this these times come to an end." And and then besides that, uh, you 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 bring trouble on yourself. Even if you left God out of the equation, we bring trouble upon our ourselves. Yeah. So yeah. hey, learn from history, learn from what's going on. And and so Jude enumerates the problem that existed in heaven and the angels being cast out. You have the problem that existed in early mankind and the judgment of God that had to come upon them, and even, even so much to, to clean up the mess of when these fallen angels and when these fallen men came together and create a fallen offspring, um, and, and so much so even bringing it in to, to the modern day of time and saying, hey, God sent his son Jesus to change the nature of man, uh, to, to redeem man into perfect relationship with God himself, uh, and, and to allow his spirit to come into man to live righteously before God. Um, in, in chapter, well, it's not, it's not chapter, uh, it's chapter one, because everything is, is chapter one, um, to, to leave the grace of God in, in verse four to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. See, that's what makes me think of Ecclesiastes eight eleven. 
to say, hey, we're in the time of grace. God's not judging mankind right now. All the judgments against mankind, they were placed on, on Jesus. You know, you can get away with this. It reminds me of, of Titus 2.11. Uh, Titus 2.11 says uh, that the grace of God should be teaching us. That's what it's designed for, to teach us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. Um, and so Jude here is, is trying to warn us um, no matter when the day of the end really is, to say, um, you know, hey, there is a right way to live before God. And if you don't do that, when the tough times really come, you can tell from times of the past what really happens. Uh, those that don't stick tight with God, they're, they're, just, they're just wiped away, whether it be their own doing or whether it be the judgment of God. They can't stand in the day of the end. Mm. I like the way you phrase it, God's. Uh, you, you were talking about how God's heart is for mercy. And so, being that it's Ask the Preacher, I'm going to ask you two questions. One, who is the oldest man recorded in the Bible to live the longest amount of time? Methuselah. Methuselah. He lived 969 years old. There you go. And who was his father? Ooh, I stumped him. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say. There it is. I, yeah, Eric, Eric said it. I was going to say Enoch. It's I was Enoch. thinking I was. Questioning for a moment, but yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk about Enoch here in just a moment uh, in verse 14, but it's really neat because I don't think it's coincidental, coincidental right. that the man who Methuselah, his name basically means his death will bring, and it was bringing this judgment of the flood that was yeah, coming. Right. But it's not coincidence that once Methuselah dies, and this isn't in the Bible, it's kind of Jewish tradition, uh, Talmudic tradition, that the same year Methuselah died, the flood came. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was the case, maybe it wasn't. But when he died, the judgment was coming, and it's no coincidence that he was the man who lived the longest in history, because God's heart is for mercy. It is yeah. trying to get people to repent. It is, he please, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you as much time as, as possible, possible yeah. for you to make right choices. But I, I, I want to mention you because you mentioned Enoch and, and uh, Jude speaks of Enoch. Maybe mm -hmm. that's where you were going. But, yeah. but in, in verse, um, in, in verse, <laughs> oh man, there's so many good things here. You know, people try to deny the existence of hell um, in, in today's modern world. And I suppose they've done it for a long time. It's um, crazy. I mean, Baltimore and Washington D.C. are right. <laughs> Washington D.C. is right there. Anybody can visit it. <laughs> in, in New York City. Um, anyway, but uh, in in verse thirteen, uh, Jude references uh, people that are reserved for the blackness and darkness that is forever. Uh, but in verse fourteen, in Enoch also the seventh from Adam, only seven generations away. Right? He prophesied of these, saying, "Behold, the Lord comes." with 10,000 of his saints uh, to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. It, it's uh, the, the day of judgment comes, and when that day comes, um, it'll be hard judgment. It, it really will. Now, people can argue as to say, well, will the church be here? Will the rapture happen? Will the rapture not happen? Will people be... Da, da, da. Set that aside for, for a moment. Uh, the reality is the day of judgment, it does come. Um, I'm going to give another phrase for the Ecclesiastes 8.11, and it, and it connects with this uh, verses 14 and 15 here from, from Jude. Um, 
Brother Hagen said it this way. Uh, God doesn't settle up every Friday night, but payday's coming. God doesn't execute his judgments immediately, but there is a time when the mercies and the grace comes to a close. That time comes to a close, and he does have to, not because he wants to. God's not sitting there waiting, saying, oh, come on, clock, hurry up and tick down, let's get to this thing. No, no, no. Uh, You you said it uh, in referencing, he extends the time for as much as possible, give as much room and space for people to repent, for people to to come to the knowledge of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to turn from their wicked ways. Uh, All all of these phrases that, that can be said, God extends the time as much as possible, but at some point in time, it must come to a close. And when that happens... Um, what side of the judgment line will will you be on? That's that's the great question. Wow. Right on, right on. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about how we can have uh, some practical steps we can walk out, what we can do uh, in the face of this apostasy that's coming upon the earth. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, phone number 863-682-1430. We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. We'll see you in just a few. And now let's get back to our final segment of this afternoon's Ask the Preacher, brought to you by Believers Fellowship Church. Here's George and John. Hey, you got first billing there. Good job. Right on. Welcome back to the program, everybody, <laughs> you beautiful people out in Radio Land. I uh, just want to remind you, you can join in on the conversation by going to askthepreacher.com. You can check out today's episode if you missed something, if you're like, wow, well, these guys are digging deep into the Word, or if you want to check out last week's episode, which was a kind of a, a build-up to today, askthepreacher.com. You can also call 863-682-1430 and join in on the conversation. All right, so let's go back to um, to Jude chapter 1, only one chapter, so so Jude. And then uh, I, I read verses 15, and, and uh, I, we started to get to verse 16, but I'm going to back up one more time into, into verse 15. Um, and again, this is, this is talking about um, the, the time, so to speak, of mercy and grace, um, that it would come to a close and judgment would come. Um, so in, in, verse, uh, in verse 14, uh, you know, you have the warning from Enoch saying, listen, the Lord is coming with thousands of his saints and, and the holy ones to do what? Verse 15, to execute judgment on the people of the world. He will convict every person of all the ungodly things that they have done for all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Uh, now, watch verse 16, and and just, uh, I, I, I want to, Ask everybody listening, kind of do something here. Judge yourself, not somebody else. Judge yourself as this is being read. Uh, So Jude says, now these people, they are grumblers and complainers, living only to satisfy their desires. Now, remember when he was back there to Cain, when he was back there to Balaam, when he was back there to Korah, uh, he was talking about, you know, to use your words and kind of cover all three, to do it their way rather than God's way, live for self rather than for God. Um, these people are grumblers, complainers, living only to satisfy their own desires. They brag loudly about themselves, and they flatter others to get what they want. What a verse. These are the people that the judgment of God falls on. Oh, my goodness. And it could be... You know, in one sense, you look and say, well, I know a lot of Christians like that. Well, remember, I said judge yourself, <laughs> not necessarily others. Um, but then, but here we get into this, what do we do? What yeah. do we do as as believers? And if you're not a believer, um, 
I suggest you become one, but, uh, but, but what, what do we do? So Jude goes on, he says, But you, my dear friends, you must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. They told you that in the end times, in the last days, there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Oh my goodness, do we ever see that now? Mm-hmm. Their purpose in, in life. I, I get into many conversations with people in front of the abortion clinic, and, and um, you know, the, some of them literally say, my, my purpose is to, uh, you know, of course, they'll use terms like, is to give a, a woman the right to do what she wants with her body. And I'm thinking, my purpose is to be here to give that baby a right to live. Um, and if it's a woman, to give that woman baby a right to life, you know, that kind of thing. It is interesting to me that the perversion and the, and the twisting of, of today's world. Um, these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. This is verse 19. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. But you, my dear friends, you must build each other up in your most holy faith. Now, here's, the, here's what, what we can do. This is the practical side of what, what you're wanting to get to here. We must build each other up in our most holy faith. We must pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, me, I believe that means praying in tongues. I'm a Pentecostal believer. Um, the power of the Holy Spirit is what Jesus said you would receive um, if he goes away and the Holy Spirit comes, and they received that on the day of Pentecost, and they began to speak in other tongues, it was the manifestation, the evidence, if you will, of this received power of God, the Holy Spirit. Um, but you must build each other up and pray in the in the Holy Ghost and wait for the mercy. Oh, I love that. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Judgment follows on those that mock God, whether they mock God literally, verbally, or whether they only mock God in their heart. Judgment falls on those that mock God. Mercy falls on those that honor him. Judgment falls on those that mock him. Mercy falls on those that honor him. Await for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will bring you eternal life, and in this way you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. You must show mercy to those who are wavering in their faith. Help them. Help them. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one, man. So so quick. I mean, myself personally, it's so easy to to knock people down. But man, if I could just remember that one, showing mercy to those who are wavering. You know, they don't have all the answer. You know, that there, there's a phrase I heard years ago that Christians are one of the groups of people who are so quick to devour their own. Yeah. Man, if we as the church could could live by this verse, just showing mercy to those who are wavering. Yeah. You know, we don't allow uh sin to, to perpetrate. But if they're having doubt, if they're if they're falling short, be merciful to your brother and sister. Whew, yeah. That's a good help them. Help them get up. Help them know what is right. I was in a mm-hmm. conversation to, with a with a preacher today up in Tallahassee. They've graffitied his church because of his stance. Uh, against uh, homosexuality and, and those types of things, and and uh, so just encouraging them to to continue on. But uh, but anyway, my my point one of, one of the things that I told him is I said, you know, love does not permit everything. Love condemns a lot of things. What does love condemn? Love condemns the thing the things that hurt 
the one you love. If if your child was about to cut off his hand by mistake in the lawnmower or whatever, you would move with aggression. It might scare your child in the process. And then you would hold and hug as they cry. Oh, what do you do that for? Because you you acted in in strong manner to prevent the one you love from hurting themselves. And I think a lot of people misunderstand that. Um, You know, that goes into verse 3. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment and show mercy still even to others. But do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives, not accepting the sins that that contaminate their lives, hating the sin that contaminates. You hate the sin because you love the person, and you know that sin, the wages of it, is death. It brings destruction. Man, what a powerful book, the book of Jude. That's a great book. Well, folks, thanks for joining us on Ask the Preacher. Just a reminder, check out last week's episode and this week's by going to askthepreacher.com. That is askthepreacher.com. Yeah. Hey, we're so glad you joined us. Uh, Join us at uh, Believer's Fellowship. You can visit us uh, online first if you like, believersfellowship.com. Hey, God bless you. We'll see you again next week.